Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. All right. Wow, what a morning, huh? Didn't you love that? Man, Matt was wearing out that guitar, wasn't he? Wow, I love that. Hey, could I just give you just some... You know, we always talk about and ask you to be part of things that are going on. Let me just tell you what a great weekend we had this week of being for our neighbors. We say that a lot. We don't lock ourselves behind the four walls of this building, but we want to be for our neighbors. And uh, so Friday night, because of your generosity, we were able to host the high school football team and cheerleaders, I guess, for dinner. And Pastor Chris was able to do a devotion and minister to them and be with them on the side line and now uh, they've asked him to come to some of the practices and things of making inroads and so we just thank God. And then uh, yesterday, we had a great event, first time ever here in uh, Leesburg, and it won't be the last. This is Councilman Alan Reisman, who will be mayor in a year or two. And And we we backed the blue yesterday. What did we do? We backed the blue. Um, it was a 5K to support the Leesburg Blue Foundation. We raised almost $30,000 for them. And we had close to, yes, that's huge. And we uh, had close to 300 participants for the inaugural 5K. Wow. Wow. So. And, and somebody said you wouldn't have 30, right? There was a couple people we saying, no, you're say not going to get 30. That. We won't yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think what's so exciting is, and, and then at the Father's House, we were one of the main, I forget what level we Captain were. Captain sponsor, yes. Captain sir. sponsor, which is like one of the top ones. Is, we were on the top of the t-shirt. Yeah. Wow. So, I man. Just, I just want to thank the church, and I want to encourage you not to only get involved in your church, but get involved in your community. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now listen, I say that to say this, coming up in October 14th, we're doing a walk for freedom here in Lake County. Uh, Tanya's been working with this, and there's little brochures outside as you leave. Listen, sign up. This is to stop uh, human trafficking. Um, and, and so it's, it's important. I mean, we're living right now in a crisis time. So I'm asking everybody who comes to the Father's house to sign up for this walk. I mean, we had a 100-year-old lady walk last year. I mean, if she could do that, you know, anybody can do that, right? And uh, I, it's not a long walk. I don't remember how long it was, but it's not bad. And so it's, they stop the traffic, do all that. But I need you to sign up, and I need you to pass the word to other people and then also give. Our goal this year is, uh, is pretty big, and we'll share some of that with you, but I need you to be sure that you sign up. Will you do that? Sign up, get one of those cards, go on our website, you can sign up, uh, and it's a time in which 8 a.m. at Lake Sumter State College will start. It's a showing freedom for others, so please do that. Sign up. And today, just because we love you so much and your faithfulness, you know, people that stay home, they don't get this. But because you're here and faithful, you, you never want to miss because we might surprise you what we give away. So today we have uh, Michael and the Smokehouse Barbecue out there in the mobile truck. And we're going to give you free sliders, chips, and drinks. And then the Kona Ice people will be here and you can grab a Kona Ice just because we love you. We call it treats on the patio for you today. Sorry those of you who stayed home and drank your coffee there. You missed it. 
It's going to be great. It's going to be a great time. All right. And uh, if you miss first service, you can make it to the second service, you know. Some of you, that'd be motivation enough. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Man, we sang that song a few minutes ago. We sensed your presence. We thank you, Lord, for everyone who calls this their home. We thank you for those that are visiting and kicking the tires and seeing if this is a place for them. Thank you, Lord, for our city. We thank you for our leaders in our city. And Lord, we uh, thank you it was a great weekend this weekend. But Lord, even today is going to be an awesome day in which that you speak to us. Lord, I'm just asking you to just speak to us today, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand what you want us to understand today. Help me to say what you want me to say. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't say. Lord, I'm relying on Holy Spirit anointing today. And I pray at the end of today that you will be glorified, the saints will be edified, and the enemy will be terrified in the name of Jesus. The Protestant reformer Martin Luther once said this. Listen to this. Just as business of the tailor is making clothes and the business of the cobbler is making shoes, so the business of Christian is praying. So here's my question. How's your business going? How's the business going? Look at your neighbor and say, how's business? Let me just follow up a few other questions. Are you satisfied with how business is going? Are you satisfied with your prayer life? Or do you ever feel maybe a little guilty? Because as you start to pray, your mind starts wandering, and, and, and it seems like you do more trying to pray than you do praying. Or maybe you hear stories about people who spend entire days in prayer and fasting, and you feel inadequate and defeated. Or have you quit praying because the one prayer that you've been asking God to answer hasn't been answered, and so you just quit praying. Or are you like the little boy that the preacher asked him, well, son, have you said your prayers today? He said, no, sir, I didn't get in trouble yet today. <laughs> I think that's the story. I just want to, be, I want to share with you, I, what I'm sharing with you today, I shared with our staff last week in our uh, getaway retreat. By the way, I want to tell you another great thing in the Father's house. We've partnered up with Convoy of Hope. And everywhere you see a crisis convoy, you're going to hear us more about partnering up with other organizations in the near future because we've discovered you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. You find what God is doing, what he's blessing somewhere, and Convoy of Hope is all, and I know that you've heard about the earthquake in Morocco. Convoy of Hope is already on the way there. And because of your generosity with your missions giving, we were able to give them over $25,000 this year in helping them make a difference in people's lives. We're going to be doing some uh, crisis intervention of, with storms and hurricanes, training you for that. And my goal is that we will absolutely be able to get a team together here so when there's a national crisis somewhere that we'll be able to get boots on the ground just as fast as we can. I'm thankful that we can hook up with people that are doing something to make a difference around the world, all right? So what the Lord has been saying to me personally is just simply this. Terry, you've got to get back to the basics. 
you got to get back to the basics. The thing that birthed this house was prayer. And every major event that we've had in the history of this church, 27 years, has happened because people prayed. We couldn't find a building to purchase because at that particular time, we were like, only, we were like the only non-denominational church 27 years ago here in the city trying to start. And nobody wanted to rent to us. And everybody felt like if you didn't own property, you, did, you weren't invested in this community. So we prayed. We couldn't find a place. But we decided at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. that we would pray every day and ask God for a building. So the very first week we started praying, 10 minutes at 10 a.m. and 10 minutes at 10 p.m. a day. We had a building open up. The owner of that said, I have no idea why this building opened up. I've rented to these people for 20 years, and they just turned in this week their resignation, said they didn't want to use this building anymore. We just simply said, thank you, sir, and we will move towards that building. We took that building. We knocked out walls. I've never got so dirty in all of my life. We cleaned out sewers, sewer pipes. We did everything we can to make that building what it should be because we believe that when God gives you something, you do the best you can. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll catch the series when the church prays by the way if you don't have your little bracelet when the church prays we got those out there to remind you to pray but if you'll catch this about prayer I promise you next year at this time your life will be different can I get an amen from anybody who knows the power of prayer so here's a couple of scriptures I'm not saying this is for you but this is a couple of scriptures the Lord laid on my heart and also for our staff. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13. The Lord says, remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Now, let me remind you, the fire in the, in the, in the temple uh, there in the, in the great place of offering sacrifices, man didn't start the fire. God started the fire. Whew. He came down and consumed the sacrifice and started the fire. And then he told the priest, it's your job to keep this fire going. It's your job to remove the ashes of the morning. It's your job to put new wood on there. It's your job to make sure the fire never goes out. Here's what the Lord told me. You, we are the temple of the Lord. The scripture says that we are the temple of the Lord. That should make us take a little bit better care of this temple in any one way, right? We should do that. But also spiritually, we're the temple of the Lord. And when I gave my heart to the Lord, he ignited a fire on the altar of my heart. Now, it's my job every morning to get up, to sweep out the ashes, get rid of the clogged things, get rid of the sin, get rid of all of that, sweep it out, and keep that fire going. Don't let the fire go out. Don't lose the passion. And I know you're looking at this deflated football, but I didn't have time to air it up. It came from a good friend of mine, Ron Zook, who used to be the coach of UF, and then he went to Illinois. Now he's back with the National League. But it reminded me that when I was praying this week of what I heard of Vince Lombardi, whether it's true or not. At the beginning of every season, he'd bring the teams together in the first session, and he'd hold up a football, and he would say, gentlemen, this is a football. In other words, we got to start as basic as it is. Don't want to talk about plays right now. We don't want to talk all about that, but we want to talk about the football. And I just felt the Lord say, just tell the people, we're going to go back to basics this morning. 
want to say, this is prayer. And I got to thinking, well, Jesus, if you were to come today and to speak to this church, if we're going to get back to the basics, what would you say to us as the basics of our prayer life? Now, I know some of you are far beyond this, and that's okay. Some of you have been granted, and God has given you a gift, and you're an intercessor, and boy, we thank God for our intercessors. Our intercessors pray over this building throughout the week. They walk around this property. Sunday, this morning, they walked around this property, gave a real big, strong, prophetic word of what God is doing, and I thank God for intercessors. But some of us are not intercessors. Some of us are people that we're just, we're just praying, and we want to do better at our prayers. And sometimes some of us have never had anybody teach us the basics of prayer. We've heard other people pray. We try to copy their prayers, but we're just not sure. So I just asked the Lord, what would you say? And here's a few things. Number one, if you're taking notes, make prayer your top priority. Would you say that with me? Make prayer your top priority. When you read the Bible, that's God talking to you. But when you pray, that's you talking to God. I think we all need a 24-7 prayer life. We need to, but we need to know that there are times that we need to spend a little longer time with God at the beginning of the day. Listen to this. As for me, 1 Samuel 12, 23, this is another verse the Lord hit me with so strong. As for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. Notice what he says. Samuel said, if I stop praying for you, I've sinned against the Lord. And now the people were heathens. They were going away from God. They were running farther away from God than they ever did. And Samuel said, be it far from me. If I fail to pray for you, I'm sinning against God. And I'll continue to teach you what is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. He says, if I cease to pray for you. So here's what the Lord said to me. If I cease to pray for you, if I cease to pray for this ministry, as I cease to pray for the other churches in our city, if I cease to pray for our president and our leaders, then I'm sinning against the Lord. Now, I don't mean to be uh, legalistic or try to beat you over the head, but I just want us to feel the passion of how important the basics are a prayer for our life. So make prayer a top priority. Number two, set a time of prayer. If you don't set a time for prayer, what will happen is there'll be a few days run by and you'll realize, man, I haven't really prayed. I'm going to tell you, you will not make it as a Christian without prayer. I told my staff last week, I don't care how good you are at everything you are, if you don't pray every day, you will not make it in ministry you will fail. There's no way that you can do that. People say, but I just, I just pray. I don't have a set time of prayer because I just pray when the Lord leads me. Well, we don't run our life like that. Your, your life is run on a schedule. You don't wake up one morning and say, oh, well, you know, I don't feel like going to work today, so I'm not going to go. Don't tell me every day you wake up, you feel like going, pray, going to work. There's Sundays. I don't want to get up and come here. Is that okay? 
Anybody else have a Sunday you just like to sleep in and not come? Okay, come on, be honest, all right. There are times that you went to work when you didn't feel like going to work. But you know what? Your pay didn't change. If you went to work when you felt like it, you got paid a salary. But if you went to work when you didn't feel like it, you still got a salary. I'm going to tell you, that's how it is with showing up at a place of prayer with God. You show up, and you can just be honest. Don't have much today, sir. Kind of tired. Didn't even want to pray, but here I am. Because I have scheduled a time of prayer, I will not let anything interrupt my set time for prayer. And I'm not telling you when that is. Some of you, it's like super, super early. Some of you, it's another time. But you need to set aside a time that you're going to use that time for God. And I didn't say you have to pray an hour. Week after next, I'm going to talk about the value of praying short prayers. You don't want to miss that one. Some of you have been waiting for that all your life. Somebody tell you it's all right to pray a short prayer, all right? There was a, there was a young uh, private in, during the Korean War. They were right on the front line, and there was, some, there was a wounded soldier that had got left behind. And the sergeant said, I'm asking somebody to volunteer to, to try to go rescue him. But I'm telling you, you may lose your own life because it's going to be so dangerous. One private stood up and said, sir, I'll go. If you'll let me go at nine o'clock. So Sergeant so said, Well, nobody else is volunteering. Okay. So at nine o'clock, that private ran out of the bunker, ran out to the, the battlefield where everything was going. He grabbed the soldier, and in the midst of all the fire, he brought the young soldier back and put him back in the in the in the safety there. And the sergeant said, But but I've got to know, why did you want to wait till nine? He said, Because I knew at home. My mother prays at nine o'clock, and I knew it would be all right. A set time for prayer. Number three, set a select place of prayer. Here's what Matthew 6 and 6 says. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted by all the text and the Facebook posts and all the tic-tacs and tic-tocs and X's and everything that comes. Some of you need to shut off this distraction. Find a secluded place and don't role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you manage. The focus will shift. Look at this. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll be able to sense his grace. He led them into a solitary place, and they prayed. He had a place. He was always going to a place or coming back from a place. Now, I know some of you have a prayer closet. Maybe not as good as Roberta's prayer closet, but I'm envious, Roberta, when I saw your prayer closet. Watch this video. Hi, and welcome to our prayer closet or my prayer closet. Pastor had asked me uh, to share a little bit about my prayer closet and I got this idea from the war room when I saw the movie. But it does have to sub as a closet. And I used to have a recliner in here, but I lost that space. But in here, I have my computer set up so that I can do my devotions set to our U version. Here is my prayer board where I have our church family, different members, family, people that I'm praying for. In here, I write whatever is pertinent to that particular moment. 
Some of my favorite books, of course, that I like to read, my prayer journals are in here. I have my prayer and worship, praise and worship music. And sometimes I like to bring in a slightly tighter focus so I'm able to take that down and just bring Jesus into a real tight focus. So here's my war room. Wow. Yeah. Ben said, Pastor Ben, I wouldn't be who I am, and I wouldn't have the success, especially this new book that's taking off, and now they, it's going to go a lot of different places. I can't tell you everything, okay? But he said it's because that woman prays. That woman prays. You know, it'd be hard for me to be confined in a closet when I pray, because I like to walk and get loud. I like to yell sometimes. I, it, but you need a place to pray. Not just, well, when it comes on me. I mean, some of you use your drive time. We're just talking about basics. We're not talking about something. But it's so easy to get so crowded that we, we don't you do time to that. Number four, make prayer personal, not transactional. Make prayer personal, not transactional. And what I'm talking about is the primary goal of prayer is God. The primary goal of our prayer should be God. Not, I'm going to go, hello, hello, God. I got one, two, three things. I need you to do this for me right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm out. See you later. Hope you take care of it. No, we want it to be personal, not just transactional that, oh, uh, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. But no, it's, I'm coming to be with my Savior, my Lord, my Redeemer, and my soon coming king. Number five, <clears throat> here's where it gets very practical. Follow the Lord's model prayer. The Lord's model prayer. Verse 11 of, of chapter 11 of, of uh, Luke says, Now it came to pass as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And in this manner, therefore, Jesus taught them, pray. In this manner, therefore, pray. In this manner, therefore, pray. Another translation says, say. Our Father in heaven. Would you just read it with me from the Sky Bible? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So the disciples didn't ask, Lord, teach us to preach, teach us to do a miracle, but teach us to pray. Why? Because I think they saw something that wasn't transactional, but it was a relationship. Remember, Jesus said, the works that I do are what my Father shows me when he was going to prayer. He was always going or coming from a place of prayer. And so they said, Lord, teach us. And so he says, well, here's what, here's how, here's not what to pray, here's how to pray. Here's a pattern. Now, this is not a formula. People say, well, I want, what's the formula? No, no. He says, I want you to pray. Every day, 
of my life for years now, this is a prayer that I pray, and I pray it out loud. And it's not something we just do by, uh, by because we have it memorized, but every day I'll start off and I'll pray even before my prayer, our Father who art, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I'll just walk on through that. But then after I say it, then I'll go back and I'll unpack it as I'm going to share with you today. And I'm just going to give you just an outline of how to pray. People say, well, how, how can I pray? Where do I do Do I do the acts? People say, well, start with adoration, then confession, then thanksgiving, and then S's, supplication, sorry. And then there's the, the, the temple and all of those. But this is what I'm sharing with you now is something I've been praying for over 40 years of my life. When I, when I went through a class with Larry Lee, has that been 40 years ago? Wow, I'm old. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I talked about could you not tarry one hour. But when I saw how that he broke that down in simplistic, this is a football. When I saw how that God had given him, nothing, he just unpacked this. It so changed my prayers. I don't have to, I, I don't have to say, okay, well now how, how do I pray? How do, no, this is, what, this is what our master said. This is how you should pray. Because subjects that we need to talk about and outline what we need is all here as we look at this. And there's 57 words in the original language. In the original language, there's 57 words, and it'll take you 22 seconds to read it. So here's how it breaks off. It starts off with this. Here's, in my mind, this is how I see it. I want to lead off my prayer with focused praise. I want to lead with focused praise. I want to start there with praise. I don't want to just rush in, rush come in hot like a missile and then out, you know, really quick. I just want to come. And so that's why you have to have a time to pray. And so what I'll do is I'll just start. He says, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So before I start unloading all of my list, I want to remind myself to whom am I addressing See, if I talk to you, you might forget something. If I talk to you, you may not know the background to everything. But I'm sitting down, kneeling down, laying down, walking, and I'm talking to the creator of the universe. I'm talking about the creator of such beautiful heaven and earth. And said, I don't want to live here by myself, but I want to create man, and I want to breathe life into man so that they can be with me forever. And then he sent his son Jesus to pay for our sins. So I look at all of that, and I, and I realize. And so here's a verse that's really helped me, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1, 2, and 7. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know what they, what they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. Much dreaming in many words are meaningless. Read this last phrase with me. Therefore, stand in awe of God. I love that phrase. Don't just rush into his presence. But the first thing you want to do is realize the highest priority is to acknowledge and exalt the name of God. Throughout the Old Testament, he revealed his name and he said, I am that I am. 
And, and so throughout the Bible, I mean, we learn how, how that he is. One of the phrases we learn that he is Jehovah Sidkenu. He is the Lord, my righteousness. So when I pray, here, here's how I, I pray. I just come in there in the morning and I I'm, I'm, have some praise music on and, and I, you know, I'll sing off tune, but I'll say, you know, praise him a little bit or I'll listen to that or maybe read a scripture just in silence, come into his presence. And then I'll just start thinking, Lord, I just want to praise you. Father God, I want to praise you right now. I want to exalt your name because your name is higher than anything else. And you are Jehovah Sidkenu. You are my righteousness. I am declared righteous because of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And I thank you today that I am righteous. I am a righteous man and I will live a righteous life. And Lord, I worship you because you are Jehovah Makedesh. You're Jehovah who sanctifies, who sets me apart. I thank you today that the things in my life that are not of you, you are sanctifying those in my life today. And I just thank you. I can't do it on my own, but you're sanctifying me. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are my peace. You're my wholeness to God. And I thank you today that I'm not worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not worried about what's going to happen today. You are Jehovah Shalom. And by the way, I thank you that you are Jehovah Shammah. I don't have that in your notes, but you're Jehovah Shammah, the God that is already there. And I'll just take time and say, Lord, I thank you. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I know you're already there. I know you're already there. And I just exalt you, and I thank you, and I worship you, that I don't have to fear about tomorrow because you're already there. And I thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Rapha, who heals and gives health. I thank you today, Lord. You're healing my neck. You're healing my knees. You're healing my legs. You're healing all these areas the enemy's attacking on me. And I thank you that I live holy before you and I thank you not just for healing but I thank you for divine health and I ask you to help me to take care of this body take care of this temple by exercising eating right and I thank you Lord that I walk in divine health I won't get old in a, and on a bedpan somewhere with a lot of tubes stuck in my body but when it's time for me to go home I'll exit from this to the other by walking in divine health because you are you are Jehovah Rapha if you believe that today, give him a hand clap and say yay. And I worship you, Lord, because you're Jehovah Jireh. You're the Lord whose provision shall be seen. No matter what I need, Lord, you take care of that. And I worship you because you're Jehovah Nisi. You're the banner that is over me. You know, when an army would go into battle, they would have a flag. They would represent that flag. I'm telling you, when I go into battle, my flag is not the United States of America, the flag of Greece. My flag is the banner over me is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God, and he is my victory. We sang about it this morning. So in, the, in that just few moments, I just, and I don't always walk through all of these. Sometimes I'll get to one or two, and then I'll just start praying in tongues and praying in whatever the Lord brings to me. And I'm not saying, and sometimes that's as far as I get, but it's an outline. I pray, and you say, but Terry, there's no way in heaven I can remember all those words. I'll tell you one word you can remember. I thank you. You are my Jesus, the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. And I'll tell you what they'll say in heaven. All hail King Jesus. They'll join in your prayer as you herald the name of Jesus. But I'm not rushing in. Just coming. You see what happens 
we start in prayer and we're so focused on the mountain, the impossibilities. But up above the, what we see as impossibilities is a God who's sitting there and Jesus is sitting at his right hand. And when a mountain hits my way, Jesus doesn't jump up and say, oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Nothing comes into my life that doesn't cross his desk and he says, he can handle that. And you see, if I start my prayer off by focusing on him, I mean, didn't your spirit just light up a little bit? So that's the first thing I do. Second in this prayer is what Jesus said. Begin to align with his plans. What's his priority today? He says, Lord, kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Establish the priority. Remember when Todd Beamer on the American Airlines flight made that flight? You, you've heard that. If you haven't, go on YouTube. You need to hear that. And as he's talking about what they're going to do, they're going to stop this plane that didn't know where it was going to crash, but they understood what was, what was happening. And it was headed for the White House. And so he's talking to the operator. Before he finishes, though, he says, would you pray the Lord's Prayer with me? And if you'll listen to that, they'll pray the Lord's Prayer with that operator. And then he'll say, what was the phrase? He said two words, let's roll, let's roll. In other words, Lord, we're believing right now. We're believing right now, God, that your kingdom will come. Your will will be done. So when I pray, after I walk, walk through that praise time, I start saying, Lord, I pray your kingdom come. Your will be done in my president. I pray for my president. I pray that if he's never had an encounter with you, he'll have an encounter. I pray for your kingdom come. Your will be done. You said the heart of the king is in your hand, and you turn it whichever way you want. And I'm coming to you today, and I'm declaring the kingdom of God and the will of God be done in President Biden's life and in all of our other leaders, in our governor, in our mayor, in our, our councilman here. I declare that before I ever get to my family, I'm praying for this nation that I love with all of my heart because I'm a part of the kingdom of God. And he said, wherever you go, pray God's will to come. Hallelujah. And then I say, okay, God, I pray your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. And then I, I take time to do that. If he brings something up, I talk about it. And I say, and then I say, Lord, your kingdom come in my lovely wife, Anita. Lord, help her with all of her growling stuff that she goes through and all how she treats me bad. <laughs> no. No, I don't deal with that. I don't deal with that. And then I'll say, and Lord, I pray your kingdom come. And my daughter Kelly, who's in Greece today, I pray your kingdom come and shade Zion Raylan. They're my heritage. Regardless of how they get sidetracked, they'll come back and they'll serve you with all of their heart. And I pray for Tara and Duran, Greer and Sydney. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And I pray for my staff. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And I'll just pray individually. Lord, I pray for Maggie today. And I pray for Lonnie. And your kingdom come. Your will be done. And I just walk through them. And I may not get through all of them. I pray for you too, Chris. <laughs> I know you was worried. <laughs> and then I pray for you. Lord, you know who's coming to church Sunday. And I pray your kingdom come. You know what his kingdom is? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If somebody says they're part of the kingdom of God and there's no righteousness, 
peace and joy in their life, they're just fooling you. And then after I do that, I just say, okay, Lord, is there, is there somebody else that you want me to pray for? And I'll just, I'll spend time for that. See, what I'm trying to do is align, align me with what he's already doing. When I heard this week what Convoy of Hope was doing and the impact they're making around the world and how that on the Forbes list, they're like one of the top nonprofit organizations that monitor people of how they spend their money. I thought, oh man, God, I thank you for, for hooking us together and I thank you for what the future is going to be here. And, and I could just see God's working with them in, in so many different ways. So I want to align with what God is doing. The next little thing is I'm going to take time now to ask for daily provision. And I get, I get, notice all the things that happen there. But notice what doesn't happen. You, you haven't really gotten around to all how sad and sorry you are. How many times we interrupt, Lord, I'm, I'm, I ask you to forgive me because I'm such a failure. I, I ask you to forgive me, Lord, because I haven't been praying like it. And we start our prayers like this. But Jesus didn't put that down there until the very next one. And the very next one simply is I say, clear the air. Clear the air. Forgive me as I forgive others. I thank you, Lord. Cleanse me. Cleanse me from pride. Cleanse me from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Cleanse me, Lord, from the sins of commission, from the sins of omission. Lord, keep me free. I plead the blood over my life right now in the name of Jesus. And then what happens sometimes, and I don't like this part, the Lord will bring somebody to my mind and I'll see their face right here. Why am I looking at that sorry face? They're dead to me. Lord say, because if you want me to forgive you, you've got to be willing to forgive people who've hurt, offended, misused you. So we're clearing the air, asking for, you can't bluff God. You can't out talk him. And then, Take authority over the enemy. Leave me not into temptation, Lord. I know the enemy will come against me. Like one person said, leave me not into temptation. I can find it all by myself. <laughs> so there I'm just, I'm just simply saying, Lord, I, I, just, I, just, I just pray that you would help me in this, Lord, that I, that, I, that, that, that I would have victory. I pray for Holy Ghost power. I pray for a refilling of the Holy Spirit. And in the midst of all this, I may spend some time praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, walking, listening to God, being quiet, hearing Him. But I'm just giving you an overview. And, and, and again, you don't have to work through all of these. You could get to one or two of them, get through of, of however it is. And then we end out with praise, right? We end out with praise. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd love for you to begin praying out loud your prayers. I love some of the old prayer meetings we used to have where people prayed out loud. I was raised in a Pentecostal church, and I do not, I do not uh, devalue my Pentecostal rootage. A lot of crazy stuff went on in church, but I'll tell you one thing about it. They knew what it was like to have a prayer meeting. They didn't get in the back room and pray and everybody just sort of be quiet, but they started praying loud, rebuking the devil, calling on the name of Jesus, pleading the blood of Jesus. And as a kid, I learned how to pray in some of those prayer meetings. They're liable to take a bottle of anointing oil and put it in their hands and slap it all across your face and pray, oh God, use him, keep him from evil. And we learn as a child 
to pray out loud in those prayer meetings. I'm praying, God, give us a new generation of men and women and kids who learn to pray out loud and are not ashamed or afraid to pray out loud. How are your kids going to hear you pray if you don't pray out loud? Some of you, your kids have grown and they've died, gone away from the Lord. Why have they gone away from the Lord? Well, you just go back and you talk to the Lord. Remind him of how you dedicated them to him. I'm telling you, if we'll catch the value of this, what this says on this little bracelet when the church prays, your life next year will be so much more impactful. How many of you today would say, Terry, I'd, I'd really like for you to pray for me that, that I can just improve my my prayer life or maybe it's not good maybe it's really good but you just say you know I'd like you to pray for my prayer life would you raise your hand and I'm including me in this prayer would you bow your heads and would you receive this prayer and those of you that are watching online God I'm asking you to do something supernatural and draw us to you it's dangerous what I'm asking Lord but I'm I'm asking to do whatever it takes for some of us to recognize that we need to get in a place that all we have and all we need is you. And if all we have is you, that's all we need. And God, I pray throughout this day that all of us would become more aware of your presence. That we would just talk to you like a conversation, just be honest with you. and Maybe multiple times throughout the day. And God, I pray that our extended prayer time would grow and the frequency of our interaction with you would grow. And God, as I, I pray, as we pray and speak, that our people will hear your voice. For those that say, I don't know that I've ever heard the voice of God, I pray that your voice would be clear to them, audibly or just with an impression. You're God, I'm not. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They recognize us. Help us, Lord. Help us to become more intimate in our prayer. Help us to recognize your voice. And God, I pray in the months to come that our church will be different because we're becoming a house of prayer. You, God, are the creator, the sustainer of the universe. Make us people of prayer. As your head just remains bowed and you're praying about your own life, there may be some of you that are here today and you'd say, you know what? I recognize today that I don't have that prayer life. In fact, I recognize today that I don't even know Jesus as my Savior. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth and live a sinless life and to die for your sins and my sins. And on the third day, he rose so that as many as a call upon his name could be saved. If you're here in this house this morning or you're watching online and you recognize today is your time, today is your time to surrender your life to Jesus. And you just say, Jesus, would you forgive me? I need your forgiveness. I need you to make me whole. I need you to become my savior in every way. I want to be your disciple and follow you for the rest of my life. If that's your prayer today and you say, that's, that's really me, it's, it's my time, today is my time. Right now, I'd like for you, before I lead you in that prayer, I'd like for you to raise your hand and make eye contact with me and say, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Others today, thank you. Thank you. 
others today. Yes, that's me. Those of you watching online, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you today. Thank you. Thank you. Let me lead you in a prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. Transform me. I surrender my whole life. I know Jesus died for me. Now I ask you to empower me to live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. Thank you for new life. Take all of mine for the rest of my time on earth. I belong to you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.